Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ with our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Good morning and welcome to worship with Downtown Church. We are so glad that you are here this morning. Let us pray. Lord, sometimes we need a smile, a song to put a smile on our face. And other times you can't wipe the smile off our face. Lord, sometimes we need a reminder to slow down, to enjoy this life you have gifted us. And always we need a reminder that you are here. You are here. Today is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it. Amen. Y'all stand up and sing with us for the first time in two years. When my way groweth near, precious long linger near. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry. Hear my call, hear my hand, lest I fall. Take my hand, take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Dear Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me. shadows appear and the night draweth near and the day is past and gone at the river I stand guide my feet and hold my hand take my hand precious Lord lead me home downtown church, we call this the prayer of admission, meaning that we are admitting that we are not perfect. Even when we try our hardest to help and to love, we still do not meet the grand call that God has for us. Or in the words of the Presbyterian Confession of 1967, which says, all human virtue, when seen in the light of God's love in Jesus Christ, is found to be infected with self-interest and hostility. 
knowing this, but confident in a God who loves us still. Join me now in the prayer of admission as found in your program. Let us pray. Jesus, you teach us grace. When we fall short of others' expectations, give us grace. When we fall short of our own expectations, give us grace. When we fall short of your expectations, give us grace. Release our clenched jaws and fists so that we fully receive your grace. And hear now our silent prayers. God's love is not only unconditional, it's transformative. It's a love that meets us in our brokenness, in our sin, and beckons us to try again. Friends, we are loved, called to love. We are forgiven, called to forgive one another. Let us live in peace with God and with one another. Alleluia. Amen. I now invite the family of Stella Martin High to join me up on stage as Stella prepares to receive the sacrament of baptism. This morning, Tim and Dawn present their daughter, Stella Martin High, to receive the sacrament of baptism. Today, we proclaim boldly that Stella is a recipient of the covenant of grace. In baptism, God claims her as God's own and welcomes her into this family of faith as a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. We are encouraged because at no stage of life are we ever truly separated from Christ and the bonds we have with one another. Stella, may you always remember that you are not alone. Your parents, your church family, and Christ are with you always. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as he delivered to his disciples after his resurrection. 
He said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, which is the body of Christ. And we are joined in Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. Let us remember with joy our own baptism as we celebrate this sacrament. Tim and Dawn, having heard these words, I ask you the following questions. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith, to embody hearts of service and love, and teach that faith to your child? Now to the congregation. Do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide, to support, and to nurture, nurture Stella? Through words and actions, with love and prayer, will you encourage her to know and follow Christ? And will you empower her to be a faithful member of the church? If so, say, we will. Let us pray. God, we know that this life is not always easy. To follow your son, to follow Jesus, is to die alongside him. But to follow Christ is also to be resurrected with him. When the world seems hard to Stella, when the church, her parents, her friends, and family mess up, we give thanks that you do not. We give thanks that your presence will not leave her, nor will it leave us. We thank you for this water of baptism. Let it seal your child and welcome her into your kingdom of undeserved love, radical grace, and abundant life. Amen. Lincoln, do you want to come feel the water first, bud? Put your hand in there. It's just normal water. It's pretty warm. It's just ordinary water, but what God does is God makes ordinary things extraordinary, which is about to happen with your baby sister, Stella. What is the Christian name of this child? Stella Martin Hyde. Good handoff. <laughs> Stella Martin, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, uphold Stella by your Holy Spirit. Give her the spirit of goodness as she faces the issues of this world, the spirit of love towards all the strangers, strangers that she will encounter, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of joy knowing that she is your image bearer, called to shed her uniquely beautiful life, light onto the world. Amen. And I now invite Reverend Charles Weathers to come up and give a prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, holy God, living God, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, which means you are all. From generation to generation to generation, your faith endures, your love is everlasting, and your grace is sufficient. God, who gives the breath of life, help us to steady our breath right now. Slow down, breathe, and be in this moment for a moment, this special moment, this sacred moment, this holy moment. 
a moment for parents and family and friends and community to acknowledge Stella belongs to you. She is yours. Just like the innumerable stars in the sky, she was formed by you, placed by you, and belongs to you. Lord God, as much as we love Stella, and we do love Stella, that love pales in comparison to yours. As determined as we are to protect Stella, our protection falls short of your power. Though we'll do all we can to be there for Stella, we know that you are the one she can always depend on. We trust you. We love you. We thank you for this child. A child whose steps have yet to be taken, yet they've been ordered. A child whose path has yet to be revealed, yet it has been charted. Lord God, we pray that Stella takes these steps and forges this path. She remains accompanied by you and surrounded by the Holy Spirit to guide her way. We pray that Stella leans on your understanding when the inevitable moments of being confronted with the limitations of our human intelligence surface. We pray that of all the names that Stella will learn and all the people she can call upon, she will always remember to call on the name of Jesus. Give her a heart of compassion, a spirit of gentleness and fortitude, a presence of peace and courage, words of wisdom and understanding. Keep her whole, and in those moments where she does not feel whole, let her seek you to fill that void and not the world. May she accept and pursue the challenges of life. May her voice never be diminished, dismissed, or devalued. May she never feel less than not good enough or marginalized. May she use her influence, whatever that is, for the greater good. Let all know that Stella is a child of God. And how will they know? As the stars shine brightly in the night, may your presence in her life shine through her forever. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, this is the greatest news. Stella has been received into the one holy Catholic church through baptism. God has made her a member of the household of God to share with us in the priesthood of all believers. I encourage you after the service or during holy interruption in just a few moments to greet and welcome the newly baptized as a child of God and our newest sister in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. As we now move towards holy interruption, we encourage you to get up and get coffee, use the bathroom, um, and greet and mingle with one another knowing that you are the church. And the stronger the bonds we have, the stronger the church is. So we'll come back in about five minutes. That was pretty good. I was expecting like 10 more minutes of standing here, you know? <laughs> we have two announcements this morning. The first is that elder nominations are live on our website. Uh, they'll remain open through October 8th. So we encourage you to nominate someone to serve our church as an elder. And the second announcement is that our offering bowls are out. Um, we've had lots of people ask us recently. They're the wooden bowls at both of the entries, um, and we are grateful for your offerings. Our scripture reading can be found in your program, uh, the final page if you want to follow along with me. I'm reading today from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. One day... While Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Just then, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a bed, and, and they were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. And then they let him down with his bed through the tiles 
into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. And then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, who is this who is speaking blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, why do you raise such questions in your heart? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or stand up and walk. But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, Jesus said to the one who is paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go to your home. And immediately he stood up before them and he took what he was lying on and he went to his home glorifying God. Well, amazement seized all of them and they glorified God and they were filled with awe saying, we have seen strange things today. The word of God for us, the people of God, thanks be to God. Title of today's sermon is Holy Interruption. Today we begin a sermon series on holy interruptions in scripture. And it's timely, right? Because we just had our first holy interruption in the experience of worship together in like two years, somebody says. And it felt good, right? Holy Interruption at Downtown Church, it is an intentional break in our plan for worship. A break in our plan to allow room for the Holy Spirit to show up and do its thing. And it's chaotic, yes. In fact, we might find ourselves saying the words of Scripture, we have seen strange things today. Strange, yes, and beautiful. Things happen during the holy interruption at downtown church that don't happen when we stay in our seats and we follow the script that you have in your hands. People meet, people laugh, minds wander, coffee spills. It's a reminder of who is in control of worship. It's not me. It's not anybody up on this stage. The Holy Spirit is directing our praise. The Holy Spirit is causing you and me to glorify God. Sometimes the Holy Spirit uses interruptions to get our attention. And that's what's happening with Jesus and with this man who needs to be healed. The interruption comes as an opportunity to let God break into our lives or as an opportunity to let God break us open and receive the healing that we need. And Jesus makes room for it to happen. Jesus allows this interruption to be a time that the Holy Spirit breaks into his life into the life of those gathered in the crowd, into the man and his friends and the Pharisees and us too. So let's take a deeper look at that text in front of you. What is Jesus doing when he gets interrupted? He's teaching, right? He's teaching and we presume that he's in a house of some sort, maybe, maybe a pavilion. We know that it has a roof because the next thing we learn is that these friends, this group of friends is determined to get their friend on a bed, like a stretcher, to Jesus. And they get up on the roof and they start lowering down this stretcher. And I love imagining this scene take place because there's gotta be more going on in the margins. Like how big was that crowd? 
that the friends couldn't wait their turn to get to Jesus? Was it this big? Or was it the high water music festival big where you gotta pay some extra money to get VIP seats up close? Or maybe you gotta risk some elbows and bruises to get closer to the stage? I like thinking about how many friends were carrying him. If you've ever been a pallbearer before, you know that there is significant weight to a body, no matter the size. So how many friends were carrying this man? Was it two? One on the front and one on the back? I gotta think that there's more, right? Because then even when they make it to the structure, you gotta have people moving the crowd out of the way. And even when they make it to the structure, they gotta get him up on the roof somehow. Have you thought about that? How the heck did they get this guy up on the roof? Had to be more than two people. Somebody had to go ahead and, and find a, an escape uh, stairwell or scale the wall and get up there and then help the others to the roof. Did they use a pulley system? These are the things I think about. I think once they get up on the top of the roof, how do you think they broke into the roof? We're told that it's tile, right? Have any of you ever tried to break tile before? I mean, did they bring drills with them up on this roof? And even if they did, how did they power those drills? And how did they assess where the structural beams were so that they didn't all come falling down on Jesus and the crowd? Ooh, and what was it like for Jesus? I love imagining, what was it like for Jesus underneath all this commotion happening up top? To be teaching and then all of a sudden tiles start dropping down? Surely he heard them first, right? Or somebody did. And, and I'm curious if anybody tried to stop him or if they tried to follow them. Can't you just see Jesus in this pavilion and then all of a sudden these dust particles like start falling and get into Jesus' nose and he starts sneezing and, and everybody is just looking up at what is happening on the rooftop. It'd be like, like Lady Gaga or something at the VMA is descending down to the stage, right? Like you have to stop and pay attention to what is coming down from up on that roof. You can't help it. It's obviously the most important thing happening. It's more important than whatever words Jesus is saying at that moment. And Jesus, he doesn't seem phased, y'all. He doesn't seem phased, not one bit, by all the commotion that is happening above him. In fact, he embraces it, right? Like when they finally get this man down in front of Jesus, he says, your sins are forgiven. That's what Jesus does. He's just handing out grace left and right. It's a constant gift he just keeps on giving. He heals the man and it's uneventful to him. But to the crowd, to the crowd, to the man being healed, to his friends, to the Pharisees, to us, y'all, it's everything. It's amazing how God uses interruptions to break into our lives and, and to break us out of this habit we have of thinking that we are in control. It's pretty amazing to me that God uses these interruptions as opportunities for us to be forgiven, to be healed. Believe it or not, the inspiration for this sermon series was not because we were bringing back holy interruptions into our worship experience. The inspiration came from a member in our community, Andrew McLeod, who shared a story with me and gave me permission to share it with you. 
On May 10th of this year, Andrew, he found himself saying goodbye to his father in an ICU in Charleston. His dad was in critical care. He had suffered a stroke, maybe a few strokes. And as he described it to me, one of them was to the brainstem, which he said is like turning off the power grid to all of New York City. And Andrew, being the good attorney that he is, he had already cross-examined the medical care team. Like he wanted to find out the statistical percentage his dad had of recovery, and they were direct with him. It was near the end. And so each of his family members, they took time in the ICU with his dad. They each had their own turn. And when it was Andrew's turn, he, he FaceTimed his wife, Jennifer, and both of their girls so that they would have time to say goodbye to their pop-pop. And then after, after they all had ample time to sit with him and to say goodbye, the medical team told them, hey, we need about five minutes to prepare him, to, to remove him from the machines. And so Andrew thought, okay, this is a good time for me to go find the restroom. Been holed up in the ICU for so long, let me go find the restroom. So he did. And then after he had washed his hands and he was walking out the bathroom door, he heard his phone ring and it was me. So he answered the phone and together we prayed for Pop Pop. We gave thanks for his life and, and I prayed for Andrew. I prayed that he would feel God's presence so so thick with him that he would be able to release his dad from this life into the next. Well, Andrew got off the phone and thought for sure. Jennifer had called me up and said, hey, it's happening and now would be like the ideal time to call when he'd be able to answer. And Andrew learned later that night that Jennifer didn't call me, that the Holy Spirit was the one lining that up. That's when I knew, he said, that's when I knew that God was all over this, that God is all over me. Andrew called me and Lucas a few days later and he said, y'all aren't gonna believe this. He told us how he thought for sure Jennifer had called him and told him that this would be the right time and, and that I had just called. He said, I gotta believe that the Holy Spirit was just nudging you, Dawn, to call. And at that point, y'all, I felt the chills all up and down my arms. Because I did have it on my mind to call Andrew at some point that week. Lucas had called him the weekend before, but that moment, no. In fact, I don't even remember it being an ideal moment. I was about to go into a meeting, but I did. I just stopped what I was doing and I called God. I called Andrew. Maybe God first, then <laughs> Andrew. I joked with him. I said, hey, Andrew, so if I had called 30 seconds earlier, you would have been midstream, right? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, if you had called 30 seconds later, I would have been back with my dad. I wouldn't have picked up. That is a holy interruption. That is when we say we have seen strange things today. When I spoke with Andrew earlier this week, we were reflecting on that day and he, he told me that he continues to process that holy interruption for him. And he remembers that I was a million months pregnant when I called him that day. And that only matters because he was thinking about how that baby was in this tiny dark space inside me. And she had no clue of all the people and the things happening outside to prepare for her arrival. 
And he was thinking about that because he was thinking that his dad was in this dark, tiny space of a dying body, completely unaware of all the saints and the kingdom that were preparing for his arrival. Our brief interruption, a phone call outside of a bathroom, our brief interruption that day helped Andrew let go of his dad. Our brief interruption helped Andrew trust that in life and in death, we belong to God. That brief interruption helped Andrew see how much the Holy Spirit is always around. There's a speaker I've been listening to who talks about how annoyed he gets when things go wrong during a speaking gig. He'd be mid-story and the sound would go out like that. Like it was really hard to, to communicate with the audience and he, he would do this thing that we all do. We look at the sound guy for help, right? <laughs> Love sound guys. But in this particular talking gig, the, the sound guy had tried everything and he just shrugged at the speaker. And he said he finished that talk and y'all, he was frustrated. He stewed on it for days. It put him in the worst mood. But then he said, you know, over time, after a few more speaking gigs, I realized that stuff just happens. You do it long enough, something is gonna go wrong. And so, so then he decided that there was nothing else he could do but lean into it. You know, that interruption became something for him to work with, to, to get playful with, to make fun. It was an opening for him and his audience to go deeper together. There's a theologian, Justo Gonzalez, who says, and I love this, he says, a miracle is not an interruption of an order, but rather the eruption of the true order, the order of our creator, God, into the demonic disorder of our present world. A miracle is not an interruption of an order. It is the eruption of the true order, the order of our creator, God, into the demonic disorder of our present lives. When we feel like we're getting interrupted in life, it's God's order erupting through to us. The Holy Spirit is always there. It doesn't just show up when we do holy interruptions and worship. The Holy Spirit is always there, but the interruptions help us pay attention to it. The interruptions, they break us open. They, they get us on our knees in front of Jesus to be healed. I want you to think for a minute where you need healing. Is it some part of your body like a broken bone or an infected toe? Or is it more holistic than that? Do you find yourself saying, Jesus, I just need to be recalibrated. Like, can you just hit restart? Nothing's working like it ought to be. Are you stuck in your faith? And you know you need to take that next step, that next leap of faith, but you just don't even know how. You don't know where to step. Or maybe, maybe you find it hard to describe where it is you need healing. This happens to me sometimes. Like I know, I know I need it, but I can't really find the words to say. This is where the interruptions can help. Think about where you get annoyed. Think about... Who makes you mad? What makes you mad or frustrated or immensely sad? It could be those things. It could be those 
people who are the interrupter for you that are pointing you and me to the very healing that we need. I'll give you an example. When I, when I think about the Pharisees and the teachers of the law that are in the crowd around Jesus, that's probably where I would be. And I could totally see myself getting annoyed that these friends are carrying somebody in front of me to Jesus. Like they cut the line. Ooh. That's where I need to be forgiven. That's where I need to be healed. Or better yet, I could totally see me getting jealous that these friends are able to get up on the roof and they didn't invite me. (laughs) I mean, that is a baller move to get healed by Jesus. Can I get an amen? Y'all, as we wade into the scripture over the next few weeks together, as we consider how Jesus gets interrupted and then the healing, the ministry that follows, may our eyes be wide open to the ways we are being interrupted every day. The ways that God's kingdom is breaking in, is being revealed to us. Let us pay attention to the times we say, we have seen strange things today. Yeah. And thanks be to God. Amen. Really breaks my heart to see a dear old friend go down that road now place again. You know the sound of a closing door Have you heard that sound somewhere before? Do you wonder if she knows you anymore? I wrapped your love around me like a chain But I never was afraid that it would die You can dance in a hurricane But only if you're standing in the eye Where did you learn to walk? Where did you learn to run? Away from everything you love Did you think the bottle Would ever ease your pain? Do you think the love's a foolish game? Did you find someone else to take the blame? I wrapped your love around me like a chain But I never was afraid that it would die You can dance in a hurricane Only if you're standing in the eye You can dance in a hurricane But only if you're standing in the eye I am a sturdy soul and there ain't no shame in lying down in the bed you made. 
Can you fight the urge to run for another day? It might make it further if you learn to stay. I wrapped your love around me like a chain But I never was afraid that it would die You can dance in a hurricane But only if you're standing in the eye You can dance in a hurricane But only if you're standing in the eye let us pray. Lord God, as we pray for all people, we acknowledge that we do not know all people, yet we know you. And therefore, we can pray for all people. And though we may not know them, and sometimes we don't even know ourselves, we do know this. We all have experienced interruption, and we all will experience interruption. But today we've learned that the interruption is really an eruption, and we thank you for that. We ask for the discernment and the patience and the wisdom to be still and know that you are God in those moments, those moments of aggravation and irritation and frustration. We know that all people are in need of healing, healing that may only be found in that moment, help that may only be found in that moment, and hope that often can only be found in the moments where we think there's nothing there. Remind us, God, that the distraction might actually be the purpose, that there's meaning in the margins, that those moments when we hear the voice and the nudging and the feeling, that's not just something, that's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit seeking our attention. Remind us that these brief interruptions can have a lasting impact. Though they're not planned or coordinated by us, they are meant for us. Give us the peace to acknowledge that, to pause every now and then and recognize and simply ask, where is God in this moment? What is the meaning here? And hear us now as we pray together the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to stand with me for the affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. You can find it in your program. Friends, what do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead.
I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. I was going to do that. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. I looked over Jordan and what did I see? Coming for to carry me home. A band of angels coming after me. Coming for to carry me home Sometimes I'm up and sometimes I'm down Coming for to carry me home But still my soul feels heavenly bound Coming for to carry me home Swing low, swing low, sweet chariot Coming for to carry me home Swing low Coming for to carry me home. Brightest day that I can say, coming for to carry me home. When Jesus washed my sin. Coming for to carry me home Oh, to know his peace, his love Coming for to carry me home My soul is bound for heaven above Coming for to carry me home Swing low, swing low, sweet chariot Coming for to carry me home Swing Coming for to carry me home Swing low, swing low, sweet chariot Coming for to carry me home Swing low, swing low, sweet chariot Coming for to carry me I don't think we've ever clapped that much, y'all. <laughs> Thank you. We have seen strange things today. Glory be to God. And so as you go from this place of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you, and with all those you love, and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.